Thank you for joining me in Web Church today. Today's broadcast is not a live broadcast. It has been pre-recorded because we are having a crusade in Rustenburg in South Africa. And I do believe that by this time, now I'm sitting preaching it now and we're going to go there in a week or two from now. Um, man, we're going to just be seeing the power of God. Watch the website to see the new photos that we've uploaded and put on the website in the crusade. I believe by this time we will already have some of those uploaded. If not, just be patient. We'll upload it as soon as we get these awesome miracles, signs and wonders really happening in those crusades and see what God is doing. But I want to just welcome you. Say welcome to Web Church. I want you to enjoy today's service. We're really going to experience the peace of God. What an awesome thing to think that there is a God that loves us, cares for us, and He's willing to show it to the point that we can experience it. And even further, to the point that it can change your life, that you can have peace and joy in this world today. Man, that is just awesome. Today, I want to just um, open this service with the reading of Psalm 23 and just explaining some of the stuff that is so awesome in this psalm. It says in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, imagine the revelation that David had to have to just write this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or I shall not be in need. That is awesome. Just to think that the attributes of God, this is what he says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in want. And this is, uh, and what's so wonderful about this part is, it speaks about the type of faith that David had. He didn't believe that God would provide for him. He believed in who God was. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I know who he is, and I know what type of a Lord he is. Therefore, I will want nothing. Man, isn't that awesome? And the rest of this, um, this psalm is written out of that belief system, from that perspective. And this is what it says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, this is such a beautiful psalm. If we look at it from the perspective of faith, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, let me put it this way, and um, I want you to just, I'm going to put it this, uh, in this perspective so that you can understand it. You can say, Bertie is the pastor of Web Church. Yeah, we will not hear the law. Because you know me, because you know what I've been preaching, because you know what God, what God is putting in my heart, you will know what's going to happen to you. And then you can say, for I've been in Web Church for two or three months, and this is what I've heard, and this is what I've experienced. And then you come and you um, prove the statement you've made in the beginning by the stuff that happens to you. Now, this is what he says. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. If I look into the future, I know I shall not want. Why? Because He makes me, and this is speaking out of experience, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. If I'm busy fretting, stressing out about things in life, what does He do through His Word? He comes and He brings peace to your mind. He's not accusing you, oh, you know, you've been thinking wrong again today, and because you've been thinking wrong, I cannot bless you, I cannot whatever. Okay. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Because of who He is, He leads me in righteousness. In the New Testament, the way Jesus has led us in righteousness was obeying on our behalf and then placing us 
in that righteousness, imputing that righteousness unto us. Because of His great faith, He brought righteousness towards us. Because we believe in Him, the righteousness that He brought to us by His faith is imputed to us. Amen. Verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Talking about the future again. Even if I go through the valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Because he knows the rod of the Lord. Because he knows um, the staff of the Lord. That the Lord has only comforted him all his life. So when I look at the valley of the shadow of death, I don't care. Because there's a God that is always good to me. There's a God that doesn't look at my sins all the time. There's a God that loves me. Hallelujah. He says, the Lord leads me where there's peace. And if I, and I want to put my own words, go in my own stupidity and go through the valley of the shadow of death, even there, He will comfort me. You know, I, I read uh, something that comes to my mind now. A man that wrote something about the Lord's Prayer. And he spoke about pastors and preachers that say that um, in those days the shepherds would break the legs of the sheep that would habitually stray to teach them a lesson so that they will not um, stray again. Now imagine you write this. Uh, then, you, then you should have written the psalm like this. The Lord is my shepherd that breaketh my legs. <laughs> God's not like that. That's a false doctrine, man. That's what's called the leaven of the Pharisees, not producing faith, bringing to you uh, all types of stress and anxiety and no peace. Man, God is only good. He, he, lo- he only loves us. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And this is what he says. The future, I will not fear about the future. Why? Because God is a type of God that I've experienced that prepares a table. Listen to this. Um, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You put the anointing in my mind. What Jesus has done. That's what you put in my mind. My cup, that which I can receive from God, it runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, this is the faith of David. He had faith in who God was, because he calculated uh, um, who he is out of the things that happened to him, and he could only see the good in God. Because there is only good in God. Man, isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. What a way to open this service of Web Church. Amen. I want us to pray together. And before we're going to worship today, I thought it good to go through our uh, vision and doctrinal statements. Now, I don't want you to think, well, you know, doctrinal statements, vision. I mean, why will we want to go through that now? And uh, this is going to be boring. Listen, man. If you just read the vision of this church, you have already heard a message that can liberate you. If you go through our doctrinal statements, it will just bless you to the point that you will say, man, God, this is a message on its own. I can, after the statements, I'm so blessed, I just want to worship God. And uh, the reason why, we, why I want to do this is because there are many people that are new to Web Church, that slotting into Web Church for the first time. Maybe you're slotting into this for the first time today and you don't know what we believe and what we stand for. And I'm going to go through that in just a couple of minutes and just encourage you. After that, we're going to go into worship, which is wonderful. You're going to be so blessed by the worship today. And then we're going to get into the Word of God and just share for half an hour to 40 minutes 
just on the Word of God, the message that's upon my heart for you today, that can encourage you into who God is and living a life of absolute victory. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for every person that is slotted into Web Church today. What an honor to come to them, bring this message of grace, bring unconditional love, and see that absolute change that comes to their lives through the message of grace and not their efforts. Thank you, my God, that we believe in a God that brings forth the change, so that we don't change by our efforts, but by the grace of Jesus Christ and all the efforts that He has done in order to bring us life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, speak through me today. Speak through me through this um, broadcast that millions of people will be touched by this. Thank you, my God. This message of grace will be well known all over the world and in the hearts of people that joy and righteousness might be inside them. Oh, hallelujah. You're an awesome, awesome God. Thank you that we know in this service we're going to experience who God is according to Psalm 23. Amen, amen. Okay, now, let me read the vision for you. The vision of Dynamic Web Church is to be a church family that is fully functional by grace. Now, number one, we're a church family. Uh, although we live in different parts of the world, there are, I do believe that true family is people that believe the same, that care for one another the same, from the same basis and platform. Now, we are a church family that's fully functional by grace. So, we're not a family that just sits and... Uh, in this apathy type of thing and oh you know we are actually lazy Christians because we don't want to go to church so we slot into the web church and we can switch it off when we want we can switch it and that type of it's not what it is we're talking about a fully functional uh, family which functions by the grace of God we've got um, I mean we, we busy taking the the whole congregation and dividing them into uh, cell groups with leaders for the cell groups. So that's, that's another thing that, that's coming to my mind. It's very important for, for us so that you can apply for memberships so that we can know who's the members. Because we know people that just watch this continually. They say they're part of this, but we've got no uh, I mean, document that say that you are definitely a member of this. And we don't want to tell you, listen, this is the time for, uh, for our... Uh, cell groups and all of that, and then you think we're trying to pull you from a church where you are into our church. So, for us to just have freedom to come to you with things like this, apply for membership. Amen. Uh, I'm sure by this time you will find, uh, we've, we've had our web developer work on this um, and write the script for us so that we can have our member, you can just online fill in the form and we get everything through to us. So, if it's not online yet, man, it might be tomorrow. Just give a little bit of chance. But I believe by this time, because I'm preaching in the future now, it's pre-recorded, I do believe that will be on the website. Okay, so, um, to be a family that's fully functional by grace, established in the righteousness of God's love for us, reaching the world through the power of God that manifests from lives established in what Jesus has done for them. Man, that is just the heart, that, that's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. So we are a church family that's fully functional by grace, established in the righteousness of God's love for us, reaching the world through the power of God that manifests in lives established in what Jesus has done. So the vision is to reach people. We want to see you established in grace. We want to be established in grace. We want to see you knowing the unconditional love of God, the dignity and worth that comes out of that. And out of that, we're going to reach the world. 
you know, we start with web churches and, and people in, um, in the web church. You get trained and equipped with this. And then I do believe that there is going to be churches planted out of this where people don't have to gather on the internet, but all over the world, um, churches will be planted. And people like you are going to be pastors of these churches. Amen. That's what I see. And now I don't force you into anything. It's as God speaks to you. To be a church family... Okay, now that was just repeated. I don't know why it printed out twice. Doctrinal. Let's look at the doctrines. We believe that the cross of Jesus Christ reveals the following essential truths. So, the whole thing in web church revolves around the cross. Um, Vessel Pretorius that works for me, and you will also see... um, Soon we're going to have a youth program that he will be running. He's an awesome man of God. He's a young man, I think he's 22 or 23, and uh, really full of the Holy Spirit. And he's got a great revelation on the grace of God. Amen. I, I must be honest, um, it's been a, a very long time since I've seen a young man really understanding grace the way he does. Right. Um, doctrinal state. Okay, and, and, and what I want to say is this. He came to me and he said to me, Bert, you know, whenever somebody wants to uh, come to you and argue with you about a scripture or about this or that. Don't talk to him about the scripture. Ask him what he believes. Just ask him what do you believe so that we can look at the scripture from what he believes. And that's exactly what we've got here. We believe that the cross of Jesus Christ reveals the following essential truths. So everything in web just revolves around the cross of Jesus, his obedience, his death and his resurrection and him becoming a human being. That's it. And that's and out of that, we have decided and uh, we have written down what we believe about that. And from that perspective, we will talk about marriage, we'll talk about how to raise your children, we'll talk about finances, we'll talk about how to change, how to uh, grow and all those type of things. And, and we will look at, at it from the perspective of the cross and not man-made doctrines. Okay. We believe that the cross reveals that God is good all the time. We also believe that God is not angry with anyone. Amen. Now, you can get this on web church. Everything is written out with scriptures that you can go and read. We believe that God is good all the time. We believe that God is not angry with anyone. God has given us the gift of righteousness. As a result, He finds us totally acceptable, not because of our works, but because of what Jesus has done. Man, hallelujah. Righteousness is a gift, not based on our works. God gives us His grace, in other words, His power, strength and ability to live an abundant life because of our inability to meet the standard required for this. God gives us His grace. We in in Web Church believe God gives us His grace. In other words, His power and strength and ability to live an abundant life because of our inability to meet the standard required. Now, what we say by that in simple words is you are not good enough by your own works, but God gave us His ability and we qualify through Jesus, not our works. We believe that God's will for every human being is to experience the same quality of life that He experiences. Amen. We believe that the only means God has provided for man to enjoy this kind of life is through an intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, isn't that awesome? This is what God gives us. He gives us a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus Himself. And the only way to have this righteousness is through a relationship with Jesus. 
Now I want to say it straight out. If you're a Muslim watching this today, we don't condemn you as a person. But we must say that the only way to Jesus Christ is, ach, the only way to salvation is through Jesus. We believe that the only way to understand the truth about God, about God ourselves, and life in all its dimensions, is the life, obedience on our behalf, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to read it again. We believe that the only way to understand the truth about God, ourselves, and life in all its dimensions, is Jesus and what He's done for us. So if you really want to understand how to walk and live in this life, it's all in the cross and not in your works and, and in what you must do for God. Now we've got some scriptures there. Amen. We believe that the Old and New Testament of the Bible contains the inspired Word of God in every chapter and verse and also contains His will for our lives. So we believe in the Old and New Testament. There might be people that say, you know, these grace guys, they only believe in the New and they don't believe in the Old. We believe the Old and the New contains the Word of God in every verse, in every passage, in every scripture. It contains the Word of God. In other words, correctly interpreted, you'll see God's Word. We believe that faith is required in order to experience the fullness God has for us. So in other words, without faith you cannot be saved. We believe in the reality of heaven and hell, and that the only factor determining where we will spend eternity is our acceptance or rejection of Jesus Christ. In other words, the only thing that makes you go to heaven or go to hell if you should die or live in the vision God has for you is faith. Nothing else. Only by faith. Not by works. Only by faith. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting in signs, wonders and miracles as in Bible times. Amen. Man, that is good news. So, uh, if you want to become a part of Dynamic Web Church, you know... Go and pray about it. Do so. You are more than welcome. In Dynamic Web Church, you will experience proper grace-based pastoral care. The other day, I spoke to somebody from Australia. And, uh, you know, he asked me, um, you know, about a certain scripture. And I got connected to this man through his sister. Um, that is in South Africa. And she's not a member of Web Church, but she does wa- watch occasionally some, some of the messages that's in the archive. But it was so awesome to think, I could sit on Skype, I could see his face on my computer, he could see my face. You know what he said? He said, I'm not as beautiful as in the sermons. Well, what can I say? Maybe the glory of God shining out of me or something. Well, anyway, um, well, God bless you if you're watching this. And what was so nice was I could explain a scripture to him. And it was, I wouldn't say it was counseling, but it was just nice to share a scripture and to care pastorally for that person, although he wasn't even part of web church or anything. And that is just nice, to do that and to help people in that way. So know this, um, the vision of this web church is not to see how big church we can have. The vision is to see how big you can be established in the message of grace and to see you built up. We don't want to build a ministry, we want to build people. Amen. That's our vision. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go over into the worship and I do believe you're going to be very blessed by this worship session and just experience the peace of God. Look at the pictures. If you just experience the presence of God, you want to close your eyes, do that. If you want to lay down flat on the carpet and um, just put the volume up, do that. Man, I would advise you, if you don't have other people watching as well, you're the only only people watching it, get yourself a good 
a, a set of uh, headphones and man, this is just to hear the proper sound. It is so, so good. Hallelujah. So, enjoy this with us as we worship the living God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Wasn't that awesome? Worshiping God from a perspective of grace. Singing unto the Lord out of our hearts and just through that worship, just have more of a renewal of the mind because of the Word of God that comes through that, that worship. It's very important for us to have grace-based worship. You know, m- music is such a powerful, powerful medium that, um, and it influences us. So, if our hearts are not uh, established in grace and we listen to music that has got a seeking for God, hungering for God, desiring after God, pleading with God to manifest His presence, oh, Holy Spirit, come down, and all those type of music, you will find it very difficult to keep your mind renewed in the message of grace. It will be very difficult for you because you are bombarding yourself with such a powerful medium like music, with, with, with uh, words with it that just influences your innermost being. So rather make sure that the music you listen to is grace-based. Amen. Now, if you do listen to a law song every now and then, listen, I don't condemn you, but um, just watch out for that leaven of the Pharisees. We want to stay in God's love for us. We want to stay in the victory that He gave us. He, and, and somebody wrote to me on, um, I think it's God Tube, and it meant such a precious thing he said. He said, you know, that um, the gospel is for free, but it was never cheap. Jesus paid an awesome awesome, awesome price in order for us to have it for free. So let's look at the price he's paid. Let's look at how expensive it was so that we can see the value of this. You know, so many times we, we give things out for free. And I've seen this in evangelism in Africa as well. We give things out for free. But if that person doesn't have any concept of what it costs to give it um, or to give it unto them, they will just throw it away. But if they know that was very expensive, then they will keep it. I remember we were giving out Bibles, and I think it was in Mozambique just after the war, and I, these people didn't have a clue of what a Bible would cost, and what you go through to get that Bible there, and what it costs you. And they would take the Bibles as we dished them out, and fight about just having something, because they didn't even have paper, man. Uh, you could throw paper in the street, uh, uh, blank sheets of paper, or even the, the tracts, I mean the pamphlets we gave out, they would grab that and put it in a, um, like get it all together with some string or something to make a book out of it so that they could write on the back of the pamphlets. Because they didn't have books. They've got nothing. And they would just grab the stuff and they would grab the Bible just to have something. They don't even know what's written in the Bible. They haven't heard the gospel. And they would tear some of the Bibles to pieces. And then we decided, no, we're going to sell this. And uh, we made it for a ridiculous price, like 20 cents or 50 cents, South African cents. Now, that's, that is, uh, what, 10, 12 American cents. And we would sell it to the people. And then all of a sudden, they stood in the queue and they, they paid for it. Because they realized, but this has got some value. Now, I'm not saying that we must pay for the gospel or that. All I'm saying is realize what Jesus paid for it so that we can have it for free. Man, isn't that Awesome. He gave it to us, this gospel. And it is for free for all of us. Amen. Now, um, let's get into the Word. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, our identity in Jesus from Matthew 
chapter 3 and 4, and we're going to look at what uh, the life of, or what Jesus went through when he lived on this earth. And out of this we can see the basic attack from Satan and how the devil works with you. Now, some people say, no, I don't want to hear anything, of, anything about the devil. Now, neither do I. That's why I'm going to talk about how Jesus handled Satan and temptation. And now, I don't want you to, to... Now, listen. I'm not saying, look what Jesus did. You better start to do this. That's not what we are saying. I'm just preaching a message to you that can bring peace to your heart and an understanding on how the kingdom of God functions when it comes to dignity and worth. And what I'm actually trying to say is, I want to tell you how important, just how important this message of grace is. And when we come back, and I just want to, closest thing that I want to say about worship, is when we worship and we listen to songs, we must realize that Jesus, by such an expensive price, we can't go and fool with stuff he, he died for to get out of the way which is a law mentality, condemnation mentality. I mean, why do you want to listen to something that tells you what you don't have and what you must get all the time instead of what Jesus has done for you? So many times uh, we don't realize the power of our hearts. Your mind hears something and your heart can hear a different thing. If I tell you the Holy Spirit is going to come down, it sounds awesome because it looks as if you're going to receive something, but it also tells you that He's not here today. And we don't function out of our cognitive mind. We function out of what we believe. You can find a lady, she can be, uh, her husband can beat her up. Man, every second month or every month, he can beat up, he can swear to her, he can just verbally abuse her, but she will continue to stay with him. His mind, her mind would say, I need to leave him. This is dangerous for me. He's going to kill me. He's going to murder me one day. One day he's going to go too far. He's going to break my neck. He's going to just kill me. But her heart says, I need this man's approval. And she does not do what her mind says, but she does what she believes. And I've said it so many times, you know, my wife and I, one day we went to Chodesh River and there was this bungee jump there. I mean, it's very high down there. It's like 60 meters, I know. And I can't say this in American uh, uh, measurements. It's 60 meters. Find out how this man is very high. It's something like 20, 30 stories. And now, we might, now we're going to, my wife and I, we want to jump down there with this, like the swing thing that we've, they've got, the bungee jump, bungee bridge swinging type of thing. Now your mind says, you're a fool. Your mind says, don't go close to the edge. Your mind says, man, it's even not that safe on the bridge. That's what your mind says. But your belief system says, it's nice to jump down there. And you know what? doesn't matter what my mind said, we did what we believed. So, uh, that's why it's so important when we worship, when we look at what Jesus has done, when you look at the expensive price He has paid and how He handled that uh, in Matthew chapter 4, we, if we can look into that, we, why will you get into a thing that can mess up your belief system? Your mind, it sounds right, but your belief system, it messes it up so that you can't do what you really want to do and live the life you really want to live. I hope this doesn't confuse you. Um, let me say it in one sentence to wrap it up, otherwise confusing you. What we basically say is this. When you worship, just make sure you're listening to grace-based music. When you listen to grace-based music, your heart is influenced um, through that because music influences your belief system and what you believe and you can live in victory because you're listening to grace-based music. If you're listening to a law foundation, law-based 
music, it can influence your heart negatively and to your mind it sounds as if you're going to be blessed one day but your heart believes that you're not blessed today and we live out of our hearts and you experience defeat upon defeat upon defeat. That's it. Amen. Right. Now let's read from Matthew chapter 3. This is very important. We're going to read from verse 16. Now this was when Jesus was baptized. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and look, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God ascending like a dove and lightning upon him. So here was Jesus. He was baptized. He came out of the water. Here the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, or like a dove and lightning. Now listen. If you ask me how does that look, I don't know. Like a dove and lightning. Amen. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So, Jesus had to do something. He had to make a decision and say, I hear the call of God upon my life. My mother, Mary, told me that my father was not Joseph, but God Almighty. I do believe that Mary did tell him that. There was a time when Mary had to tell him. There was a time when... Because how would Jesus have believed that He was the Son of God? One thing that's very important is that we must know that Jesus was a human being like you and me. He came in the form of sinful flesh. Not holy flesh, in the form of sinful flesh. In the same form. He had the same desires. He had the same wrong things that was attacking him. And, and he had it the same as what we had it. He was just like us. Now, there's going to come a time when I will <clears throat> preach on why Jesus became a man. Okay, and I don't want to go into that, but just believe me, it's the truth. He was just like you in the form of sinful flesh. And he had a normal life. He, I believe he also ran and fell and cried. And um, this whole story about Jesus in the manger or Jesus being held by Mary and Mary holding Jesus, looking at Jesus and Jesus actually thinking, Oh, you know Mary, you are holding me, but actually I am holding you. That's nonsense. That's false doctrine. That's not the truth. The truth is Jesus, when he was a baby, he didn't know everything. He didn't know it all when he was a baby. There was a time when Jesus started to speak. Now the Bible says that Jesus grew in knowledge and he grew in grace. Now if you grow in knowledge, it means you don't know everything and you are learning. Now you might be shocked by this, but I tell you that's God's honest truth. Uh, you know, I can't think of the exact scripture where it is now. <coughs> uh, because it's a pre-recording, I'll put it I'll put it on the screen for you. Right. So, you, in that scripture on the screen, you can just go and read that. You will see exactly what I said. Jesus grew in, 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 and He became wise. And for His size, He was very wise. He was clever. And I believe His mother taught Him. And, and then He had to decide. And when He was reading the scriptures, He saw His calling. He saw His calling as the Savior of the world. And, and He saw His calling as, as, um, <clears throat> as the Son of God, as the Messiah as the one that was born of God, that had to come and save the whole world. And then one day, and I believe the Holy Spirit was talking to him, speaking to him, saying to him, listen, you must now give up what you're doing now and go and do what I called you for. 
and then he had to close the doors of his carpentry shop. There was a day Jesus had to do that. There was a day when he had to close his business. Now, man, I can just hear some people say, must I close my business to, to become a Christian and do something for God? No, please don't. <laughs> Jesus closed his business and he became the Savior of the world so you don't have to close your business in order to be saved. Okay, so please don't hear things that we're not saying. Jesus had to close it. He, go, he went to the Jordan River to be baptized by John to say, I lay down my life. I die unto my own vision. Just a normal vision of being a man, getting married and all of that. This whole Da Vinci Code stuff is a lot of rubbish, hogwash. It's not from God. I mean, Jesus never was married. Well, He's married now to me and you. Hallelujah. And He's married to many people at one time. He's married to the body of, of Christ. That's why we, we are called His body. We are one with Him. The Bible says, husband and wife becoming one speaks of a mystery. It speaks about Jesus and us. But never on earth when He walked this plan was He ever married. Okay, right. Um, he had to make a decision to say, am I going to just be a normal man, marry, live and die? Or am I going to lay all of that down, take up what God has given me and walk as the Son of God? And he did that. He was baptized by John, laying down that life he had, that normal human life. And he said, I stand up out of this as the Son of God. Now, he was always the Son of God, but then he stood up in what God has given him. And then the voice came from heaven and said, I, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, that word well pleased in the Greek says it's... Uh, um, has got a good reputation. Amen. Now, what's very important is to know that there's a scripture in Luke. Let me find it for you. I'm just speaking out of my heart. Uh, yeah, Luke 2, verse 14. The angels came, this was when Jesus was born, and said, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill towards man. So, the angels came when Jesus was born, and they said, goodwill towards man. That goodwill also means a good reputation or I am well pleased. So when Jesus was born, God was well pleased with all of us. Isn't that awesome? Because of the birth of Jesus, we were made well pleasing in the sight of God and I believe that was a prophetic worship uh, because of what Jesus would do for us. Amen. So I want you to see this and identify yourself with Christ. There's a voice that comes from heaven today if you are in Jesus that says, Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I believe that's the voice of God over my life. That's the voice of God over your life. That's the voice of God over the life of every person that has ever received Jesus Christ as their Savior, believing in what Jesus has done on their behalf. Okay. A voice came, and that's the voice of God over you. I am well pleased with you. You are my Son. Now, 4 verse 1. Then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungered. This means he was 40 days and 40 nights without food and then he became hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man, that is... That is awesome. That just gives us such a powerful place to stand on. Now listen to this. 
Here was a voice that came from heaven that said, This is, not this is going to be, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Okay? Who's got my good will. Then, after that, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, many people preach this and say, you know, after you've received the Holy Spirit or after you've been baptized, then the Holy Spirit is now going to lead you into the desert. Wicked doctrine. Not from God. That's it. As simple as that. Now, you might say, Barry, why are you so straightforward about this? I want you to live and not die. I want you to have victory. That's it. Not because I'm this hero. Let me put it this way. Do you know why I'm so straight about this? Because Jesus wants you to live. And He's speaking through me to you today. As, as simple as that. The Holy Spirit is not going to lead you in the desert to purify you. He's not going to take your money away to purge you. Because then that's making a mockery of the blood of Jesus. If, if taking away stuff could purge us, why did He give His Son? He could just take away all our stuff and let us suffer and look like the people in Ethiopia and, um, and people that's without food struggling and dying. Let me tell you something. People that are struggling and dying without food aren't purged. There are people today that are struggling, hungry, without food, not knowing Jesus, struggling like you can't believe, just skin and bone, they're going to die and go to hell if they don't believe in Jesus. Now that might sound very hard and harsh. I'm not trying to say God is a harsh God. What I'm trying to say is that your struggling doesn't save you. Your struggling doesn't wash you. The blood of Jesus is what washed away our sins. Hallelujah. So many people say, because I'm so blessed, because God has given me a nice house, because God's given me a car, because God has given me all this clothes and friends and and He's, He's lifted me high, you know, in society, I am saved. Nonsense. It's not the truth. You are not saved by what you own. And you are not saved by what you don't own. You are saved by His unconditional love towards you and that He died for you upon the cross. There He washed away all your sins. And He was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert so that He could be tempted on your behalf. And that He could have victory over Satan so that you don't have to go through that temptation. That's why. No, but Jesus went through it, then I must go through it. Well, Jesus was crucified on a cross outside Jerusalem. Must you now be crucified on a physical wooden cross for some foolish reason? No ways. No ways. Jesus died so that you can live. Jesus was tempted and led by the devil into the desert so that he could conquer temptation so that he could be tempted as you are and conquer on your behalf. Okay, so please don't listen to that type of teaching that says um, Jesus leads you into the desert by the Holy Spirit to be tempted. Now, Jesus was led into the wilderness and then when the temptation came, listen to the way in which he was tempted. Satan came and said, if you are the Son of God, take this bread, this stones and make it bread. Now, why is that a temptation? Now, many times we don't even understand the temptation thing and, and why, where, where the real temptation comes in. There was a voice that came, from, that came from heaven that said, This is my Son. So, was Jesus the Son of God or not? He was the Son of God. Why? 
because it's written in verse 17 there, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is what God said about Jesus. He was the son of God for God says so. And Jesus had his sonship out of the mouth of God because God gave a word. God said, you're my son because I say so, because I declare you my son. You are well pleasing to me. I find you faultless, blameless, obedient, righteous in my sight. You are my son. That's why he was the son of God. Because he was and God said so. Amen. Now, here comes uh, Satan and he's tempting. He's tempting man here uh, with something that we get tempted so many times. He said, if you are the son of God, Take this stones and make it bread. So what he says is, he says, don't find your sonship in what God says about you, but find your sonship in what happens to you. And do something about your circumstances so that you can find your sonship in what happens to you through what you've done with your situation. Now, I hope you can hear what I'm saying, and this is a powerful truth. Why do we want to find our sonship in what we do? That's the temptation from Satan. He tempted Jesus by saying, Jesus, listen, and I want to put my own words, you the representative of man, that was in the back of Satan's head, and he knew that if Jesus could find who he was in what he does, and by changing his circumstances through his works, then all of man would be sons of God on the basis of what they do and how they change the situation by their works. Because Jesus is our representative. We must realize that the whole Bible and everything functions from the perspective of representation. Adam was your representative, Jesus your representative. And the way Jesus was tempted was to know... He was tempted so that he could reinstigate the law that says that you are a son of God based on how you change your situation. You are not a son of God because God said so. You are a son of God because you believe that you must be able to apply God's power, change situations, and out of that you've got that surety that you are a son of God. Listen to how Jesus answered him. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, so many times we interpret this wrongly and people say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by bread and the word of God. That's not what it says. Let me read you the true context behind this. It says, man shall not live by bread alone. There are people that think they can only live by bread. He says, but they, God will live alone or man will live alone or only on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now remember, here was Jesus tempted. He had no food. He was hungry. He was thirsty. Without water, without food. For 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Then the tempter came and said, Listen man, you're going to die without bread and you're not going to live anymore, you're not going to be able to fulfill the vision that God has given for you as the Son of God, you misheard that voice. This whole, all the scripture you heard about who you are, and you the Son of God, that story about Mary and all of that, that's a lot of nonsense. If it is so, if all of that is the truth, 
Take that power as a son of God and do something about your situation and find your life. Just reconnect with a lifeline again by saying, I am the son of God. For look at what I could do. And then what would happen is if Jesus would do that, he would find his sonship in works and not in grace, not in the word that God speaks about him. And Jesus said, busy dying, said, I will not live by that bread, but I will only live. By the Word of God. Even if there's no bread, even if, if my physical body feels it's dying, I will only live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We will not live only by bread, but we will only live by the Word that comes from God. And the Word that was in His mind was the Word that came from heaven. That was the first time recorded that there was ever a voice speaking to Jesus audibly. And that was it. He was reminded of the Word of God. He said, I will live out of the Word of God. My life my sonship, the rulership, the fact that I am the Messiah and that I'm God's Son, that He's well-pleasing to me, that I'm not in this desert because God has found something wrong with me. It's not because I'm not pleasing to God anymore. It's not because I'm not... No. I am the Son of God because He said it. Amen. And I find my life in the Word of God and that's where I find it. Now, that's what I want to tell you today. Whenever you go through a temptation, whenever you go through any type of thing where you say, man, and this is the voice of Satan, he'll tell you, you know what? That, you remember when you were so blessed and prosperous? When you were so happy? When you were still with your wife? And before you got divorced and before you lost everything and became bankrupt and everything, it's, you were well-pleasing to God. But now... I doubt if you're a son of God anymore. I doubt if He's still well pleased with you. I doubt if He cares for you. I doubt if, he, if you're really a son of God and a Christian anymore. Prove your Christianity by getting your wife back, getting your children back and getting money. And if you could get that, surely you're a child of God. Now that's the temptation that was upon the life of Jesus. And He said, I'm not a son of God because of all those things that can happen to me. I'm a son of God. Because Jesus said so. And I want to tell you, I sit here today, Barty Brits. As a man, I sit before you with a God that's well pleased with me. I'm righteous before God. Even if I have uh, a fight with somebody over the telephone or struggled with something or had a wrong thought or would say something wrong, my God is still pleased with me. I'm a son of God. I'm the righteousness of God. For He said so. And didn't only say a voice. His, his voice was not just from heaven speaking to me. His voice came from heaven. Spoke to me. It was written down. And then He actually demonstrated. He spoke with words. He spoke with deeds. And He's speaking to me today through the Holy Spirit in my emotions, in my feelings. That's why I cannot live by what happens to me, but I am what God says I am. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what pastor says, what and condemns me, says something against me. I don't care. I am righteous before God. I don't live by what happens to me. I live by what Jesus has done for me. And this is what I want you to know today. Jesus Christ has made you righteous. He has prospered you. He has blessed you. This might sound like this typical uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland type of a faith message, but it's a bit different. It's all based in Jesus. It's not in, I confess this. And I don't, try, I don't want you to say, 
you know, I'm going to now confess, you know, in the desert. No, I only live by the, by the Word of God. I only live by the Word of God. This is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, know the voice of God over your life. The voice of God over your life is the message of grace. That message of grace is what's, what brings life to you, what brings peace to you, and what brings joy to your life. And if you hear the message of grace, you will hear God's voice to you. And all I say is, listen to the voice of, God, that God, of God's grace to the point that when the temptation comes to say, I am, I am the prosperous because I've got money. When the temptation comes, it says, find your sonship. Believe that you are a Christian, that Jesus did it for you by what manifests. When that temptation comes, you will say, no. I am who I am because of what He said about me. What He demonstrated upon the cross is the truth. That's what happened to me. I don't need this money to manifest. I don't need this miracle to manifest. Although it will manifest. I'm not saying it will not manifest. But don't take the manifestation that comes out of the grace of God. Because His grace has got great manifestation. But don't take that and try and work that up as the foundation of saying this grace is the truth. You might say, but Bharti, is this then just a theory? What about physical manifestation? Man, I do believe in this physical manifestation. Without any physical manifestation, the grace of God will not be the truth. But, the physical manifestation was Jesus, God becoming, He became human flesh, He dwelt among us, He obeyed among us. That is the manifestation of grace. He, uh, he obeyed on our behalf. He died on our behalf. He was resurrected on our behalf. On our behalf, He went into the heavens, seated at the right hand of God as a human being today. That's the physical manifestation that say, I believe in the grace and it manifested. And that manifestation and what happened in it, that's the foundation. That's God's Word for me. Jesus was the Word. God's Word for you said, that I love you. God's Word said that you are dead to all your sins when His Word spoke that death by dying on the cross. God's Word said that you, have, you are resurrected out of the dead when He spoke in His deeds by standing up out of the grave. Hallelujah. God's Word said you are righteous forever because God's Word stood up, manifest Himself, ate bread, people touched his hand, put their hands in the, in the hole, their, their hands in his hands, in the holes in his side, like Thomas and guys like that. And he physically went into heaven and by doing that, he spoke a word that said, as long as what I've got this human flesh and see at the right hand of God, you are righteous in my eyes. Amen. Isn't that the good news? Isn't that the message of peace? Hallelujah. So, Temptation is not just um, being tempted to buy something or tempted to have nice clothes or whatever. The temptation is deeper than that. The temptation challenges your identity. It's the, the temptation is an identity challenge. And what, all I want to say is, let's stay in what God says about us. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I've just enjoyed this. And um, in the next, uh, uh, next Sunday, we're going to go deeper into this. But... I want to, man, I just want to say this. For us to walk in this, we need to hear the grace of God over 
and over and over. You can't walk in this uh, uh, like Jesus did if you aren't willing to receive the grace of God. What did Jesus do? He received God's word for his life. What is the word that we must receive uh, for our lives? That Jesus did it all. He changed on our behalf. He made us righteous. He obeyed on our behalf. We are righteous. We are declared righteous, not by words only, but also by um, the physical manifestation and works of Jesus. The more you hear that, man, the more you will find that you are strong in days when you feel that there's a challenge on your identity. The whole thing is about who you are in Jesus. The whole thing about you is who Jesus is in you. The whole thing is about what Jesus did in you when He died upon the cross and was resurrected. That's the whole thing. That's the whole identity challenge. And that's what our whole life consists out of. It's not a struggle. It's easy. Our whole life consists out of just watching this righteousness message. The other day, uh, I think two, three days ago, I, I, um, the morning early, I, I woke up early six o'clock. I came into the office and I wanted to look at something just a spiritual message or so. And I thought, let me go on to Joseph, Joseph uh, Prince and just watch something about him. And I first went into my website and I thought, man, let me watch one of my own messages. And I went into uh, in-depth studies and I checked the explanation of Isaiah 54. It's about a 19-minute explanation, in-depth explanation of the Hebrew language in that scripture showing you that God is only good and that God isn't the one that creates evil in your life. And after I've listened to that, I was so encouraged. Man. I was so blessed. I just said, oh my God, this blesses me. For I was not the man that preaches is nothing. What a foolish thing to listen to yourself. But I was not seeing that it was m- me preaching. I want to hear grace, man. That's all. I want to hear that. And I want to hear it over and over and over. And I, want, I don't want to hear something different. I want to hear the same thing over and over. And I want you to know this. If you're a member of this church, you'll always find something fresh. A new uh, um, perspective or a new uh, application of grace in the lives of people. You'll find something fresh every Sunday. But don't be a revelation hunter. Man, that makes preachers tired. That puts me and it puts other people under pressure. If people come and they say, I want you to know this. Don't go around, don't go to the pastor in your local area if you're just visiting here. Don't go to your pastor and, and to people in the congregation saying, you know, we didn't receive a new revelation today and we must have a new, and this guy on TV has got this new revelation, that guy's got that new revelation. Because what happens is that's a temptation, that's you tempting that pastor. Tempting him to find new revelation, new revelation, new revelation. If he doesn't find a new revelation, he's not... Um, really a man of God and, and uh, when he gets this new revelation then he's now really anointed and you know what happens then he starts to think up revelations and that's where rubbish comes in it's the truth and I want to tell you this and I want you to know this about web church you're going to hear this message forever in web church it's never going to change we're going to preach this grace from different perspectives of course, from different scriptures in the Bible, of course, maybe two, three Sundays in a row, the same type of scripture, the same passage, explaining it in depth. Of course, we want you established. But the message is going to be the same. Jesus became a man. 
He obeyed on your behalf. He represented you. He died. He rose again. He sits at the right hand of the Father where He represents you forevermore, where He's your high priest forevermore. And that is it. That's the gospel. It's nothing longer than that. That's it. If you want to hear anything more than that, number one, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Number two, uh, you will struggle to be a part of web church. Because that's what we are preaching. We'll apply it in so many areas. Go and listen, man. There's nothing the same, but everything's the same. Hallelujah. Isn't that just so, so awesome? God loves you. He cares when He wants you to be established in this message of grace. Now, next Sunday, we're continuing with this message. I would like to pray for people. If you've got any need, any desire, we are willing to pray for you. Write us an email, your email address. Get Skype. We will phone you, man. We will Skype you. We will call you. And... Uh, and pray for you personally and you will be touched of God and healed and delivered. I do believe that with all my heart. Let me just pray for you and just bless you. And we're going to play out with a song of Rebecca St. James that just says, uh, The Lord bless you. And just a blessing of God speaking it over you. Listen to the song. It will just bless you so much. Father, I just speak your blessing over these people. I thank you for a mind that understands your grace and walks in your grace and the absolute blessing that you've given people in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, my God, that people are blessed today. Amen. Amen. See you next Sunday and stay in the grace of God. Jesus Christ.